Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Break, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening to. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Broken But Glorious Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Mo Chris Lappin this week, so I'm your host, Nick Davey, and I'm joined by the Playboy Prince of Podcasting, Lance Rivera. Hello. This is a strange one, isn't it? Did I get the nickname right? Yeah, it's fine. I've, been, I've literally been practicing in my tongue all day. And I was like, oh crap, I must have it right. <laughs> um, how you doing? I'm absolutely how you doing fine. Evening, mate? I'm great. This is a weird one, isn't it, without Chris? It is indeed, yeah. No, uh, we've, I've done, I have hosted a few before, but I think it's the first time we've done it, just us two. I've done so before... Um, I've done ones with just Oliver, and then I've done one with Mark before, just us two on our own. But uh, yeah, a new, um, a new dream scene potentially. I'm not coming for Ooh. your job there, Chris, if he's listening. <laughs> it sounds like you are, mate. He's well, actually, to be fair to yourself, uh, a bit of a, a little bit of a broken but glorious history lesson. Um, I hosted the first ever broken but glorious podcast. Uh, um, I'm trying to think what show it was. I think it was Great Balls of Fire 2017. Um, I won't ask you to name me anything from the show because I can't remember. Samoa um, Joe and uh, Roman Reigns was the main event. Oh, was it? Uh, I knew Samoa Joe, I think, was in the main event. It was the, um, but, or was yeah, it, no, it was, Brock um, Lesnar? I think it might have been Brock, actually. Yeah, it might have been Brock. Oh, but, yeah, um, and then it was yeah, Reigns and someone there's else. A, and... There's a little fact for you. There's a new fact for you. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll, I'll remember this. I'll make sure to remember it. Exactly. But um, no, so well, uh, with um, Chris's absence and with no Mark um, or Paolo tonight, we've decided to um, we decided to uh, go for a bit of a special edition of the show, and we're going to review Money in the Bank 2011, which we've I've may have mentioned a few times in various chats and debates how much I enjoy how much I enjoyed Money in the Bank. Um, but yeah, we've we've decided we'll give it a go. We will review it, given we're about what just over nine years i think it's been it was about was it last i think it was the last weekend or yeah i think it was last weekend it was it would have been the nine-year anniversary from when it happened i saw cm punk tweet about it um saying obviously how much grateful he was to john cena and the ref and more importantly the fantastic crowd of chicago um for, for i think it was just one of those matches where everything clicked we all we obviously will go into the main event but we'll start with um uh, we'll start from the, the scratch. Obviously, I'm not going to mention the pre-show because um, I can't I a remember who. I probably it was probably one of those. Ones. They used to do it on like YouTube, didn't they? Like, or, yeah, YouTube. And yeah, because there's no was, network. Like, only, like, half there? an hour. No, was, I'm pretty sure it was on YouTube or might have even been on Sky Sports, like or even. I know the really old days they used to do it on like Sunday Night Heat on Channel Four to get you to buy in. Hmm. Um, well, that, this is yeah. interesting. I think it wasn't in YouTube. I feel it like must have been YouTube. Yeah. Was it? Was that too soon for YouTube though? No, or I don't think so. Was there even a? Was there even a pre-show? They might not even done a pre-show. I don't think they did. You know, I'm checking now. I'm, I'm having to check. Yeah. Uh, well, we're off to a flying start of our knowledge of the show, but um, um, well, we'll start from the actual start of the show. But before we do get into the first match. WWE again with their absolute incredible video. But one thing you can always bank on with WWE is uh, their video is just their video packages they put together for the show. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, I just loved it at the start with the clock counting down until when the clock strikes midnight. I'm out of here basically. The CM Punk and obviously showing captures that we had on Raw, obviously with the Punk with the Punk pipe bomb followed by the really awkward but fierce contract negotiation that was live with Punk and Vincent Mann. Obviously, then Cena and Vincent Mann's promo. Cena, obviously, calling Vince out, saying that he shouldn't be having to um, fire Punk and it'll be a great match. So, a fantastic, just a fantastic sort of opening start with the video package. I don't know if you sort of agree or um, anything that you liked about the video promo to start the show off. I do. I, I really enjoyed it. And... 
I really like the uh, part with the heart monitor where he turns and says, I think this place will be better after Vince McMahon's dead. And you can see Vince's face there and the heart <laughs> rate monitor stops. And I was like, whoa, all right. <laughs> I, I Just, never thought Vince would be the one to be like, oh, yeah, make an image of me dying, please. Well, I think as well, at the time when he said that comment, I think they made that out the one that, sh- that he went way too far. Because like, even, um, I think that's the one where like, I know, obviously, they expected WWE fans to boom and he'll be this mega, mega heel. Um, but even like when like Michael Cole at the time was a heel commentator, even that's when he like kind of turned against him. So no, he's gone way too far um, here sort of thing. Um, um, with, with regards to that. Um but yeah, no, it was just, the, I agree with you there about the heart monitor as well. I think it's WWE being fantastic in the video, the video scene there, and it just got everyone buzzing. And then when obviously the, 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 the usual pyro, already I think you just knew this crowd was up for it. I know usually that's when a crowd for any show, Raw, Smackdown, any show you bought a ticket for, usually when the opening pyro or when the opening goes off one, because they usually count you in naturally of any whatever whatever sport entertainment you're watching or any sports show, you're going to have a bit of a buzz, aren't you, uh, when it does begin. But you could just tell this crowd was going to be into something special that night. Obviously, little did we know how great they were going to be. But I think from the start, given that the commentators, I think they had, I think when the commentators were doing their usual welcome to the show, I think they had to, I think they got turned up, I think, because they were getting drowned out by just already the CM Punk chants that were going off. It sounded like it, because I, I did hear it halfway through some random match during the night. I think it was um, I think it was during the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match that you just start hearing them chant for CM Punk straight away. <laughs> and I was it. like, oh, so that's where all this was born. <laughs> exactly. Um well, speaking of the SmackDown Money in the Bank, that's where we started off. Um, obviously, a fantastic match that so consisted of Daniel Bryan, Cody Rhodes, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Kane, Sinkara, Sheamus and Wade Barrett. Um, obviously, all of them were fairly mid-card, upper mid-carders at the time. Um, obviously, Sheamus, uh, this was before Sheamus turned face, so he had Sheamus kind of as as the heel, who was probably, the, you'd say, probably the biggest star, I guess, like in terms of a title picture I know Barrett again I think there's a lot of calls for maybe Barrett to go on and win it given that Barrett obviously it was a year on since the Nexus kind of disbanded he was on Smackdown he kind of needed a bit of a kick I think the core just burst up as well yeah Slater and Gabriel in there um well I did did sorry go on I was just gonna say Cody was in that great gimmick as well at the time where he was his face was a bit disfigured so he was having the mask and he was handing out all those sort of carrier bags to the audience. I just love that, by the way, when you try and carry it, give one to Booker T each week. <laughs> and um, all his bag, or his advisors would hand one to Booker T each week. And then Michael Cole would give him a bit of banter about it. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, great field. I mean, I don't know who you, I mean, I'm trying to think, I think at the time I called for Barrett to win it, but I don't know if you had any, any favourite going into the match. Uh, I I never really had a favourite. I think I wanted uh, I think I wanted Daniel Bryan to win back when I was uh, twelve. But on on Wade Barrett winning it, I believe in a shoot interview not long ago he said that he was meant to, but Ooh. because they wanted Alberto Del Rio to win the Raw side, they couldn't have a two heels win the Money in the Bank. Right, that's interesting. So I know, they went um... with Daniel Bryan instead. I think you're right about that. I think I did remember reading something. I know apparently as well, he was also meant to win. They were going to do a Money in the Bank at WrestleMania as well. Because this was obviously the first year. Oh, no, it was the second. I think they were going to... I've got a feeling they were going to do a Money in the Bank at WrestleMania. But Barrett... I think it was... I think you're right, actually. Forget forget what I'm saying about WrestleMania. No, I think you are right. I remember hearing about... I do remember Barrett saying he was supposed to win one of the Money in the Bank matches. Um, ah no that was it they were going to do I think he was going to supposed to win the one in 20 I think they were going to bring it back for the next year's Wrestlemania but then I think he got injured on like a raw um, I think it was when Big Shot up threw him out of the ring and he went proper over on his shoulder um, I think that was Wrestlemania because he missed Wrestlemania 28 I believe um, he might have even missed the money in the bank 2012 actually altogether so I think that's when um, I think that's when he was supposed to win as well so he's had obviously been a bit unlucky bottom line of injuries um just a bit yeah 
Yeah. But the match itself, I thought, was excellent. I think it was the perfect kind of money. Well, obviously, it was always going to be one of the money bank opening up, but this was this had a, some incredible spots in there. Um, I think the one that stands out for me most was that Seamus pretty much killing Sin Cara with the, uh, putting him through the ladder. Um, I, I don't know, obviously, what kind of... Obviously, clearly, Sin Cara's hurt. I don't know if that was just for show, but he did look in some pain. I don't know whether... I, I don't know whether obviously there's a part of the ladder that he was supposed to go down that he went through the wrong part or if it was just the sheer sort of the sheer power that he went through the ladder or if he just went through awkwardly and it just caught, caught, sort of hit, caught a nerve really I don't, I don't know what you thought about the spot or if it was as you say just great acting from from uh, Sin Cara I just sold it very well yeah I think he I think he was just selling well I think it was to put over Sheamus but now you've said that it Obviously, because it is Sin Cara, and the amount of times he did get hurt, I'm a bit like, well, yeah, did he? What shocked me though, when he first came out on this on this card, how big of a pop he got? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I forgot how popular he was for that small time frame before he got hurt every other week. I think it was just great to. Um, I think it was just great to like. Um, uh, I think it was great to obviously see it, uh, something like that because I know Ray was kind of getting a little bit sort of out of well he was kind of getting to the end of his career at the time Ray obviously apart from his fantastic resurgence so I think that it was quite nice to see a new kind of high flying mask wrestler um, on the scene as well yeah. I think clearly the fans agreed and he, he, he was fantastic to watch but he just had a horror a horror a horror botching him basically from time to time yeah. Um, which was a real shame. It, it was a real shame because I remember one of my friends thinking he was absolutely amazing. He was definitely one of his favourites. And I was like, just just give it time. Let's see how we get off. And then, exactly. uh, yeah. And then he was, he was injured every other week and you never got to see him. Exactly. No, it, it certainly um, was a shame. Um I mean, well, I watching know, this a... back as well, I have to remember if that was the original Sin Cara or Hunico. Uh, yeah, because I know they did. I'm trying to think when they tried. I think it was still the original Sin Cara. I, I think, think it was too. It I wasn't think Hunico was around SummerSlam time because I know they then feuded, didn't they? Yeah. Hunico and Hunico. Um, I think that was yeah, Sin Cara versus Sin Cara, like one of the shows, I think, post-SummerSlam. Um so I think it, I think this was definitely still the Sin Cara. In fact, I think this might have actually even been the way to write the the old Sin Cara out potentially. Um, I could be wrong in that regard, but I think that might have been the way they they wrote Sin Cara out of the um, out of programming for the other for, for Hunico to then take over. I, I, I could be wrong about that. It might have just been an he might have then had an actual spot that went wrong on another show on SmackDown or something. I, I, I could be wrong. Um, I was thinking that storyline was going to be amazing as well, and then it that it kind of went flat. Yeah, it did, didn't it? No, it, it certainly did, and I just yeah, it never, it just never, never kicked on, really, did it? Never, it just never no. kicked on. Any other spots stand out for you in that match in the in the SmackDown Money in the Bank? Just trying to trying to think because it was it was a very very good match. Um, I did I did enjoy. Um, obviously, the the scuffle on top of the ladder just before Daniel Bryan uh, won between the, the the three of them. I think it was uh, Cody, yeah, uh, Daniel Bryan, and um, is it Jack Swagger. Uh, I think it might have been. Um, I think it might have been Barrett. Yeah, it was. And then um, I remember Barrett dumping Kofi over the top. Uh, I think it was Kofi. On top of Heath Slater with his wasteland finish. Oh, I think that was yeah, that might have been Gabriel because I think they had like a kind of like a core re, re, a core um, reunion. Reunion. I like that as well. That was a good. That was a good spot. Definitely. With then Heath, but, Slater, Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel letting him uh, climb the ladder for them to turn on him again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, nice cute touches I think with that as well. Um, but yeah, the ending for me was great with Brian. I think as well, it was one of those ones where he kept kicking to get rid of Cody. 
And then eventually that final kick, he just got the big pop, didn't it? And then it's almost like when like you when someone's through and goal in football, sometimes when the crowd's like, come on, come on. And then when he sort of ripped the, the, the briefcase off, again, huge pop from the Chicago faithful. And um, yeah, again, I think it's just, if you're in any doubt, the main event's going to be off the chart. The atmosphere, I think this kind of just sold it because that pop for Brian was class. Yeah. Um, obviously, I know we weren't at the yes movement just yet. Um, but this was, um, yeah, this well, this was the birth of Brian, really, wasn't it? Because I know beforehand he wasn't, he was getting used sort of moderately on SmackDown. I think it's the the polite way to describe him, sort of lower mid card, really, on SmackDown. Well, he had what? just come off being a United States champion. Was he drafted? Because he must have been drafted, I think, after, after in 2011 draft, I think, from Raw over to SmackDown. Um, I had they ended the brand split by now? This sort was when of. they kind of the it was this the 2011 was the last ever draft um, they did and then okay. I think it was when Triple funny enough this was I think it was when this was when Triple H then came into power off post Money in the Bank when Triple H came in he then goes right what we'll do is we'll have SmackDown on Raw as well because um, Raw's the best show basically and it needs everyone on it. Um, so um, I think that's what happened. I think so. I think it was a few weeks after Money in the Bank. So yeah, pretty much. Uh, this was the beginning of the end of the brand split, but with um with Brian, yeah, fantastic moment in his career. Again, I think obviously we see it back when they do like when they did the monster promo um from WrestleMania 30. You can see him picking up the briefcase. So um just an iconic moment in his career, and um obviously won't go into actually when he cashed in or anything like that. Uh, but the match itself, I think. I, I I think I think Josh Matthews did a really good sort of bit throughout the match. He was like the WWE universe is becoming a believer, and Daniel Bryan just a great a great those little lines are fantastic, and it was such a true statement as well for those who obviously there's fans that obviously would have followed Bryan's diehard career in the Indies. I think the majority of fans would have then done a little bit of research on him. But you'd still get those fans who are just pretty st- And then that's not a disrespect to fans. You'll get those fans who just solely watch WWE, but also younger fans as well who don't really know too much about his background. But it, it, regardless of your past experience of Brian, this match would have definitely just sold you on him, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely would because it's usually the guy who wins the money in the bank is someone that you end up believing in or liking or wanting to do well. Like, I think the only one that I could see that didn't go over popularly, like, was over the crowd when they won it, was John Cena or maybe The Miz. Yeah. But, no, like, on this show, um, the the Miz was being cheered when we get to the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match. He, he was getting an insane amount of support. I'm buzzing to talk about that. <laughs> I know, I know I know exactly the spot you're you're all about because uh, that's one of my favorite parts of the show altogether. Um, and I know the exact part you're you're all about there as well. But um, but yeah, in short, great great opening to the show and buzzing for Brian and obviously the as we said the start of a, a fantastic career. Uh, there was a, um, a backstage segment after this one. I'll quickly mention it was, um, which I, I do, I do miss. They used to do this all the time back in the day, and it's just a nice little thing I like about a pay per view. When uh, I know obviously they can't do it now with, for obvious reasons, um, but I do like when you see like when they do the earlier from today, when you just get the main eventers or whoever arriving in the building. Um, I think it's just oh, quite yeah. cool. I, I, I always used to like it. that. It, well, it's like in any sport, like boxing, like, I don't know, like anything you see, like I just like it's just little things like that I really like. It's like I think it's quite a cool touch. Them arriving in the building that they they decline like the interview and stuff. They want to just get to their locker rooms. Like, I think the Rock used to just like when it was WrestleMania, the Rock like the Stone Cold from WrestleMania Seven, he would just go to the change rooms, put his belt on, start getting changed. Um, but th- this time it was Vince, John Laurinaitis, and well, didn't actually mention the guy's name, but it was an eternity from um, from WWE um, headquarters. This is just a little thing that does annoy me at WWE. Why can't they just say a bloke's name? It doesn't even have to be his actual name, but just say a name. Just give someone a name, like they could. Just his say, oh, fill from it. marketing. Well, yeah, they could just say this is someone who's like, hired really, like they like, even just sell him a little bit to say, oh, this is a guy that's actually um, the head of like the head of the lawyers in the WWE, and he, apparently he's always, he always he's never had a contract turned down by WWE when it gets to his him getting involved sort of thing. Like just a little thing like that to make it even more believable, the angle that Punk's actually going to turn it down. Because um, they were like, oh, yeah, Punk's going to... Um, they they try to make a last-ditch effort on Punk. We'll get an update when we know when we know if Punk's accepted the contract or not. But 
as I said, I just wanted to touch on that briefly because it's a little, I know I'm a bit weird with this sort of stuff, but it's just, just give the bloke a name. <laughs> no, I get what you mean as well, because I was watching it thinking, who is he? Why is he here? Exactly. Are we are just he, supposed is to... it just his mate? Yeah. <laughs> just his, just his mate he's brought down with him. Exactly, and I, that's why like Vince Ram was like, oh yeah, it was someone who later was uh, identified. It's like, well, surely, surely Once just someone you know. Would, yeah, you just know like, any, like all they had to do is just say, yeah, this guy's this guy's high, like as you say, quite high up in the in the headquarters, anything. But but no, it's just some as you say, it's not like it's just the some guy. commentary team are an independent source. It's not like you know on Sky where like it'd be transfer deadline day and it'd be like, oh Harry Redknapp and an unconfirmed person has turned up at QPR exactly. or something. It was later reported that that was the financial manager for Spurs or something like that. <laughs> contract negotiations. No, they, they know who these people are. You're, you're employed by this company. It'd be like MUTV reporting on a transfer for United and then going, uh, we don't know who the fella is who's turned up at uh, Carrington. Well, he, he is with Jaden Sancho, so we hope it's one of ours. <laughs> we presume it's his agent, but yeah, we'll let him in anyway. He won't do a security check or anything like that. <laughs> we can only guess. Um, the next match as well. Um, yeah, so the next match was um, uh, was Ke- uh, was the Divas Championship match. So it was Kelly Kelly um, with E Torres in her corner defending against Brie Bella with Nikki in the corner. I'll be very honest, um, this was just at a time where women's wrestling wasn't fought higher than the company. As talented as Kelly Kelly and Brie Bella are and how great they were, it was a quick match, did the job. But I think one that was hard to follow, obviously, the amount of money in the bank. But I'll be completely honest, I didn't really. This was my toilet break, I think, from, from memory on the night. I think you always have to be tactical about when you go, or you're making snacks or anything. I think I, it was probably the time I'd have put st- stick sink in the oven to try and, and I probably did target this match, but have gone back and watch it. Yeah, and it was just, it was an okay match, but it, I think given how strong the card of the Euro was going to get a match that wasn't going to get much attention. It wasn't anything special, was it? No, <laughs> we'll move on. Um, yeah. The next match um, was. Well, again, not really a match that was... Again, this was a match that wasn't a great match you would go back and watch. However, in my opinion, it added to um, uh, just fantastic 2011. Uh, one man in particular, Mark Henry. Um, so uh, the match with Big Show, obviously, it, again, we um, it wasn't... I think because it started off with Mark Henry being Big Show when out of it was Big Show's feud of Alberto Del Rio, uh, Henry tried to get involved, Big Show knocked him out, and then Henry got his revenge by attacking Big Show at um, Capital Punishment, um, and then it obviously led to this match, but this was when Henry did start his Hall of Pain gimmick, which was outstanding, um, such a great gimmick, and this was when Henry, in my opinion, was bar the promo on Raw the time when he was retiring, this was Mark Henry at his very best um, this year, and um, yeah, so the match, I think, yeah, the match, Henry did win. It was quite a quick squash, relatively. I think it's, it was it was a pretty quick match. But the main talking point was after when he got the chair and then jumped and obviously broke Big Show's foot by doing that, was that spot. Um, I think that was the main talking point for me. And it really just, Mark Henry, again, was just fantastic this year on SmackDown um, in his world title run. And his, as I say, more importantly, that Hall of Pain gimmick. Yeah, I, I thought it was a it was a very solid match. It was there for what it was for, uh, to get get this feud over and um, to put Mark Henry over strong and get over what he was doing going forward. Because obviously after this he went on to uh, to feud with Randy Orton. Yeah. So I think it was just a case of this is a match to make him look strong. Definitely, and that it did. I think cause he also took out and smacked Danny took out. Well, Kane, when Kane was, well, the last we saw of Kane without a mask on. Um, and then he also took out Great Carly as well. So he wasn't just going after, well, I suppose you could still call Carly a jobber, but he wasn't going after sort of little cruiserweights. He was going after, well, the biggest guys on, on the roster. So um, Nothing like talent enhancement or anyone like that. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it was... Um, as I say, the Hall of Pain gimmick I loved, and this was really the the kind of the start of it, I guess. Um, I think he also feud with Sheamus as well. 
I think it was when Seamus turned face um, yeah, for the first did. time in his career. Um, but again, great year, 2011. Um, I think I said we realised that even despite, obviously, just the whole how, how wrong they got, obviously, um, the, the summer of punk, there was still loads of other great angles that were going on at the same time or around, or, you know, around the time as well. Um, um, so there was that match. Uh, after another, uh, the, the, probably the last backstage show, I'll say, but it was um, Vince McMahon getting interviewed. Funny enough, Punk turned down the contract that was offered, um, and um, no mention of the guy that was there. Um, he just says, um, "No, we walked in." Punk said, "No, get out," and that was that. So um, and Vince McMahon just adding the pressure on Cena, saying again, reiterating that if Cena is to lose the match. God better help him, but he, he'll be fired from WWE if Cena doesn't win as well. So, um, again, stakes couldn't be higher, but a good way of selling, selling a match as well. Um, but, yeah, just, um, okay, I think this was just sort of Vince looking really pissed off. And I, I, I liked it. I think this was Vince kind of, I think Vince does help this angle. I think Vince was pretty great throughout, throughout the build up to this. Yeah, I thought so as well. I, I really enjoyed this segment, even for the, the minimum amount of time that it actually was there and went on for it, because it wasn't a really long promo or anything. It told no. the story well. It was like a bit of real, like almost like it was realistic, like because I know at the time there was, I, I believe the actual real life version is Punk, Punk did actually sign a new deal on the day of Money in the Bank. I believe um, so. I believe that's the story. Um, in, in the like, I think it was way before it was way before the show started. But um, yeah, apparently that was the that was the um, that was the truth. But like, it added a bit of obviously all the internet. But even prior to Money in the Bank, all the obviously all the internet gossip of oh, Will Punk sign has he actually signed or is this a gimmick? Is this a um, is this just a work or what have you? And I think Vince just adding on to the realisticness of it just by saying yeah, he told me to get out. Um, like it was just quite. It's just quite, just quite good. Just a bit of realisticness. I could just imagine, yeah, say football managers or chairmen trying to do it to their players, like going, yeah, what well, didn't tell me to get out. Now I'm gonna lose loads of money because he's gonna go on a free transfer. <laughs> imagine um, that in in football, like United went to re-sign Paul Pogba and he just looked at him and went, get out. <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> well, you'd be gutted, um, but yeah, if he wants to come down south and play for Brighton, I'll take him. Imagine I don't think anyone wants to play for Brighton. To be yeah, honest. Well, Adam, Adam Lallana does. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> what signing? I mean, it is for good for uh, Brighton, to be fair. Buzzing for him. Uh, but no, but I am buzzing for Lallana. Very good looking man as well. Like yourself, a, a model boy like yourself, I think. Oh, stop it. I th- I, to be fair, though, I think I am better looking than him. Yeah. I'll, I'll he, take he, that. He's not a playboy <laughs> prince. He's not. Um, he's not. He's a, <laughs> he's a married man and he's, he's settled down. He has a child and everything. Uh, he he ain't coming near my levels, man. <laughs> that is that is true. Um, the, the next match was the Raw Money in the Bank um, between Alberto Del Rio, Alex Riley, Evan Bourne, Jack Swagger, Kofi Kingston, The Miz, R-Truth and Rey Mysterio. Uh, I thought the Raw match, it wasn't as good as SmackDown. I think SmackDown set such, such a high bar. I didn't think this Raw Money in the Bank was great. Whether, obviously... Um, Again, there was still the excitement for the Cena match coming up and the Randy Orton match coming up. Um, whether whether that was a factor, but I think the smack, I think in short, SmackDown set such a high bar. Raw could it, it wasn't saying this match was crap. Far from it. I just think um, SmackDown set such a high bar, and I think as well when a heel, I think when the expected heel wins as well, obviously it was never going to get a massive pop. Like, obviously, I think people were happy that Del Rio won because he was new on the scene. It was nice they were giving it to a new talent. But I think in, um, in realisticness, I think, um, yeah, it, it, it didn't have the same sort of chemistry of the match. Um, but I will certainly touch on the, my favourite spot. I think we, we hinted at it earlier when The Miz got injured, but then started literally hopping down to the ring because he saw an opportunity to try and win the match. Uh, massive pop from the audience. I remember watching it at the time going, oh, I'm a Miz fan now. Come on, Miz. Win the bell, buddy. Um, oh, win the briefcase, even. Um, I that was, was just shocked favorite. watching it back, hearing the audible, loud, massive boos for Great Mysterio. <sighs> Imagine booing... It always goes 
the story always goes that he never got booed until he came out in number 30 in that rumble. Yeah, I didn't. I might have to go back and listen then, because I, I didn't think I heard any booze. I just thought... When I was watching it on the, the network earlier on, watching it back... He obviously he got to the same yeah, When he, he's running, he gets to the top of the ladder, and all I can hear is, Boo! Boo! I think, in all fairness, though, like, when you, again, I'm not even going to try and slate the crowd in any way possible, but I think when you have got such a you've got such a passionate crowd who obviously at this point in the night as well, more alcohol was probably consumed. And that's not me saying stop at any point because it, the, the crowd were, the, the crowd were the best part of the whole night, in my opinion. But I think with the, the, what you will happen to get, even like when I've noticed I've been at WWE shows, you will get those passionate audience that almost go too far. And if they obviously that the talent, they are pretty bored of, at the time, don't forget Mysterio. At the time, people were getting bored of him. Yeah, it will you you will spiral. But obviously, when you're booing, you don't obviously then there's more people joining. It will stand obviously quite loud. I think you're not really going to think kind of logically. And actually, Mysterio's done quite a lot in his career. He's still a bit of a legend. I'm not going to boo. He's just going to come out and do something sort of in a heartbeat. And yeah, I think that's just what's happened here. It wasn't really a. It was just sort of a spare of the moment thing. Yeah, I do as well. Especially when you see the Miz sprint sprinting up behind him but I, it's weird to hear the Miz get cheered as well around this time because everyone I just remember everyone slating him because I was a, I became a big fan of the Miz um I know it's a bit weird when I was like when did he cash in it must have been 11 so when yeah, I was 11 20, I was, uh, he cashed in he won Raw Money in the Bank 2010 and he yeah. cashed in um, post Survivor Series around that time yeah so I was a I was a big Miz fan after he cashed in so I was like one of the only people I knew that liked him and to watch this back I now and hear him getting cheered, I'm like, this is so weird. I loved Miz when he cashed in. When That's when I became a Miz fan, when he cashed in. Um, We're awesome. just glory hunters, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was when I became a fan. Um, um, I think, yeah, I think any other, any other, um, I was a bit disappointed that nothing really came. Riley and Riley didn't really do much in this match. I think it's time and Riley was on quite a, um, on quite a high as well. I know again they could really give it to Brian and Alex Riley, the money in the bank. I kind of had hopes, hopes for him winning in this. I think my my predictions for the night was Alex Riley for Raw and um, Barrett for SmackDown. I think yeah. Riley was on a bit of a high of turning face, beating the Miz at Capital Punishment. I think this was just a bit of a. It was a, it was almost like quite poor, like just harsh timing, I think, because you can't, you need, obviously it's you had to be put in the money in the bank ladder match, can't win it for uh, obviously, obviously only one person can win the match, and then he didn't really have like a follow up feud, so then I think he kind of just got a bit lost in the mid card, um, which again it was disappointing because he had such a promised start, great theme tune, obviously as we mentioned on I think debate a few a few weeks ago, maybe in a month ago yeah. or so. Um, that was only my disappointment. I think didn't. I think Evan Bourne did a mental spot in this actually when he did the airborne off the. Was it? It was on the yeah. Ladder, it was, I think. He did that it off the ladder on the outside. That was Evan Bourne. It was actually so like I don't know underused, but he he's. I think he's actually really underrated wrestler. Some of the spots are. Um, I, I was just a huge Evan Bourne fan. Watching that back now as well, I um I sat there and I was starting to root for Evan Bourne. I would have much rather Evan Bourne have won that match than Alberto Del Rio. Well, usually what um, that's usually what I used to do, like any of the Money in the Bank matches at WrestleMania, like anyone who does the first major spot, I'd just cheer for them. Um, or like, well, what we, we, we usually like when we watch WrestleMania back, usually after score, like they would always have like a sweepstake of who's going to win. Yeah. Um, obviously at the time you don't really think of it oh I've seen the dirt sheets I know who's going to win <laughs> you don't really think <laughs> of that age so you just sort of go on like who, who do you think is the coolest or who, who do you like who, or who you've actually heard of because some people that are watching it only, uh, only watch wrestling almost extremely casually but um, I was a, I was a big fan of no DQ uh, inside of wrestling when I was a, when I was a small lad I won't, I won't even lie I'm not even trying to sound cool but I used to listen to it all the time <laughs> <laughs> Eight-year-old me sat in front of my laptop trying to find out what was going on. That's quite. That's funny. Though I, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I really never really got into dirt sheets until really late. Like, well, to be fair, I gave up wrestling. Obviously, well, not gave up. But I 
watched extremely casually between sort of uh, the year of 2006 up to about sort of 2010. But I think when I got back into it, it's because I was reading and started reading Dirt Sheets. So I was like, oh, okay, they're selling it more to me than the product. So I'm going to get back and watch it. <laughs> um, but no, Del, Del Rio won then, um, obviously, um, with the win. Um, we'll all get back onto Del Rio a bit later on tonight. But um, yeah, I think he, he he was always going to become a champion at one point. He was obviously thought very highly at the time. Yeah. Um, he obviously, he won the Royal Rumble back in 2011. I think he had a great start to WWE, Del Rio. Clearly a talent in the ring. Um, great gimmick. I'm just, I just think um, with him, he, he just sort of uh, went a bit wrong. I'm trying to think when it went wrong, really. I think suppose it was 2012. I think he, I think his character just became a little bit boring and samey. That was his issue. I don't think it. I don't think it helped when he became a face either. No, wrong timing as well. I think because I think it didn't help the fact that I think Miz turned face as well that night. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it was yeah. It was, it was a TLC show. I think the fact that you don't turn two kind of heels in the same night it doesn't really make much sense. Um. You had him turn face, and then he a few months later, you straight away turned heel again on Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, they did it. They did the double turn, which yeah. I'm a huge fan of the double turn because it rarely, rarely gets done. And I think with a double turn, you need to be so careful that the booking literally needs to be nailed on the head, otherwise it can go. If it goes wrong, it will be embarrassing. Um, a double turn, I mean, a double turn going wrong. I can't think of any examples of them going wrong, but you can just imagine if it does go wrong, it would. Um, uh, yeah. It would end in tears. Um, with, I'm still um, not happy about that double turn, though. <laughs> but don't make, um, don't get into the, uh, the the trap of making me talk about Dolph Ziggler and his no, career. No, that's why I'm trying, trying to escape for it. But we'll, 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 we'll get back. <laughs> this was uh, next year's Money in the Bank. You'd you'd be hearing all sorts, but I'll try and restrain myself. Absolutely. Well, Del Rio will be mentioned a bit later on. The next match was um, Christian beat uh, was Christian against Randy Orton for the belt. There was a stipulation in this match. Um, enough, on, on our subject of lawyers again, not that I mentioned them earlier in the show, because uh, on the SmackDown before Money in the Bank, Christian brought his lawyer out again. Michael Cole described this man as a goof, so clearly again no name given. He's just a goof. Uh, I like the consistency with Michael job. Cole's commentary on this show. One minute he's a, <laughs> is a heel and um, hates Daniel Bryan. Uh, and then the next minute he was screaming, Daniel Bryan, this is the biggest win of his career. And you're like, what? I think that's, well, that's just the problem when you've got, when you've got your main, when you're play by play commentator as a heel, it just doesn't work. <laughs> I, f- I um, forgot how much I truly disliked him as a heel commentator. I hated him when he was like, well, I hated him when he was like picking on like JR and stuff, but I, I did find him quite funny. Um, when he would like kind of say stuff that I'm thinking like like a Cena says and goes oh this guy's boring me <laughs> I think oh yeah funny enough we've all been saying that <laughs> um, yeah that was mainly when he was on NXT though wasn't it when he just slate everyone on NXT I found that dead funny when he would be like texting and stuff like that <laughs> but, but uh, it was oh, sorry I just it just got too much for me the, it, the whole... it did get too yeah the 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 Lawler feud got well out of hand and yeah. I think they st- he went too hill. Like you just can't have a play-by-play being severe hill because it just, as you say, it just doesn't work. Because you no, can't have burying talent. How how are you supposed to believe in a product that someone's burying talent? I see. Um, I always feel I like get play- a- sorry, go on. I was going to say, get having a heel um, cola commentator. In fact, I'm not really a huge fan. Again, I'm not a big fan of them being so like, I think Samoa Joe's perfect with that at the moment, um, of being like, obviously favouring heel, heelish tactics more than anything, but but obviously not all right going, well, this face guy's crap. Like, um, I think you just need to find a balance of, obviously, of, of, of praising heel tactics, but at the same time, still praising the faces style of the faces obviously work obviously the, the best one i can think of of this was uh was bobby heenan and yeah. um bobby was never the the play-by-play guy though he was the the guy who he's he's like when you watch sky sports like when you're watching football and like so you have martin tyler who's the commentator and then you have the ex-footballer like jamie carragher or gary neville Yeah, and you know that they're slightly biased to the team they're commentating on. 
and you, you understand that because obviously you watch your United game, Gary Neville's commentating, you're like, right, we all know Gary Neville supports Man United. We all know Jamie Carragher's going to be in favour of one of the Liverpool teams if he can ever make his mind up which one he supports. It's it's one of them, and you can't have Martin Tyler out there going, oh, I love Man United, or I love Liverpool. It kind of ruins it, doesn't it? You need someone impartial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, absolutely. So, um, yeah, no, I think you're spot on. You've hit the nail on the head there, to be honest. Um yeah, absolutely. With um with the match itself, um, Christian. Well, as I said, with that stipulation in Christian was doing all the all the heelish tactics in the world. Uh, in the end, I believe he spat in Orton's face, causing Orton to go rogue. Um, and Orton just lost it after that, um, as you probably would, getting spat, at, disgusting. And um, as Orton got disqualified, Christian won the title. Um, out of all the matches they've had, this was probably the worst. It, it, and that's not a disrespect to this match. It's more because how great the actual match. I, I really have got, I, I did actually, during furlough, this was one, I went back and watched their matches um, because I wanted to. Their match at Over the Limit was insane. 2011 Over the Limit was fantastic. Capital Punishment was great. Uh, even their match on SmackDown they had actually was superb as well for the title. And then, of course, the best one was at SummerSlam, following Money in the Bank. This was just a, a nice added to the touch to the storyline of Christian really getting over as a heel because don't forget when the few started Christian was obviously a proper baby face um, this was my I really loved this feud as a whole um, obviously I, I think with this it just really I, I think it was job done I mean they didn't need to have another classic given they've already had two classics and I think it sold into the storyline where I bought and going this is just boring me now we've had two great matches now you're trying to get lawyers and everything involved we just need to have a big fight basically which they did at Summerstam. so I think this is just the, the perfect example as a book of great feud have a couple of classic matches have the heel be a complete dick almost steal the title then lose it in a in a massive brawl basically like a hardcore proper proper ruler and they have finished it at SummerSlam um, and I think as well we kind of this brought out the angry side in Alton as well this did which I think was just a nice little touch as well yeah I did I did like how um, how Christian did get the title back because even to this day, I still get a bit upset. The fact that he wins it at, at TLC. And then the next night on SmackDown, or well, I say next night was Tuesday, but they like to say five days later. Yeah. Teddy Long's going, who wants a title match? <laughs> Good luck, Christian. I know you've just had a TLC match, but, you know, have fun. It really still doesn't get... Um, it, still, it still annoys me, the fact that, like... He does it like it was a face that came out and did it as well. But I think it kind of does make a bit of sense as well, given that, in all fairness to them, at least they did actually make Long explain his actions. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, he's still a face and he's still just going to come out and appease the audience. At least he did go, my job um, as a SmackDown general. I did actually like they added a bit of, from memory, on that SmackDown episode. I like the fact they did actually add a bit of realisticness to it. The fact that they interviewed Long about the merch, saying, why the hell have you done that? That's a bit unfair. And he's gone... Well, uh, Raw put a title match on, so it's my job as SmackDown gentlemen to put a SmackDown title match on. Raw put on the WWE title on Monday with Cena versus The Miz. Um, so they Cena didn't have much time to prepare, so it's my job to, um, to, to obviously to um, put a title match on SmackDown, which I think actually then makes a bit of sense. At least they weren't just kind of well, like ignoring the obvious that Long has Long just done that as a yeah. as a face punishing a face. So. At least they added a little bit of, and to be fair, it's a reason you can't really ask for. We, we always talk about we'd like to see a bit of realisticness involved, so you can't be more realistic than that. Yeah, you can't you can't complain, but but yeah, it's still just annoying. <laughs> if you're looking away from KFAB, oh, come on, you can't take a belt off in five days. Oh, I, I was that. gutted. I was gutted as well. Uh, I went around my friend's he, house he and he told well. me. I mean, you mentioned that on the show before. Yeah, but, it oh, was I the worst way to find out as well. I was but so happy that he'd won. The, the feud, the feud though, I loved. Don't I? I did love Hill Christian. Um, yeah, I thought he was great. Then with just this one more match, then that going on, I thought was um, was fantastic. Even after, um, um, even after, obviously the, um, the the feud with Orton when he moved on to kind of a feud with Sheamus. Um, so, um, but no, 
Um, obviously, not the best of matches they've had in their series, but certainly added to their ongoing fantastic rivalry. Yeah, no, it, it was great. The only thing that I do, I do still like, I'm upset about that. After this feud, that that was it, and he kind of just it went by the wayside after a while, and then Christian kind of just retired. He had that short stint with the Intercontinental title, but he was kind of yeah, yeah. I would, I just I wish he got 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 a bit more out of him in that main event scene. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I, I completely agree. I think it is again, it's missed opportunities in a way. Um, which a feud with uh, CM Punk would have been good as well. Well, yeah, I mean, that brings us on very nicely of missed opportunities to the main event of the show. Um, I won't mention the video promo before because we kind of already touched on the video promo. It was much the same anyway. Main event going into it, but that video promo finished. Difference, I think, of all time. If you could go, like I've always say, um, I've always said about. Um, um, I've always said about obviously if I could relive an entrance. No, when, when I went to the WrestleMania, I was there at WrestleMania 34. Were you? Um, when um, I could um, do the uh, when we did the fan access. I've done. I've sent it to you and Chris actually. I did the Shane and Max entrance because you could like do an entrance at the fan oh, access, yeah, which was that. one of them. I I felt like literally a little kid. Um, admittedly, I was probably still a bit drunk from the night before, so I might have had the booze in me still that was <laughs> enjoyed. But no, it was so fun, that fan access. Literally, I wanted to do, I, I've never had so much fun in my life. Uh, I did feel like a massive kid in there. It was it was just so fun. But yeah, doing the entrance was brilliant as well. But it tends to be Shay and Mac. But anyway. Um, I feel like if you asked to be CM Punk, they wouldn't let you. I, I was thinking after I should have asked for that, but I'm sure. I, I'm trying to work out if I did. I know I was putting my mates knew straight away who they wanted to be. So I think they one of them was Jericho, one of them said Lesnar, and I I um I was proper like oh I could do oh, I could do oh. I, I don't know if I did say CM Punk and they said no. Um, oh, I can't remember. I definitely didn't I feel hear like they would. You, you could hear it all day though, like when you were going around, you could hear like all of the entrances come on. Um, I think yeah, all of them were very. I don't think there was anyone that really stood out. Like I, I, I don't. I think I think someone went for a really random one. Like, I think he went for like a guy for two hundred five. I've never even heard of like, which was quite weird. But <laughs> each to their own. Um, I'd I'd have to have gone with Triple H. Oh, well, the thing is, I, I would have done Triple H, but you can't spit water out. Are you not allowed? Well. I, I, mind you, this was 2018, so you could have been allowed then, but I think this certainly wouldn't be allowed if they were to do it. If they're oh, going to do, do it, it now year, with all the, all I, the I Rona certainly don't think, unless there's a, unless there's the vaccines in full operation and they're going to they've got it on site for people. But uh, I'd, I, I'd have rocked it with a with a bottle of water. I'd have been like, look, look, we're going full triple H. We've got to commit to this. You either commit or you don't do it. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. My mate does it. My mate's a goalie for our football club. And um, he, his penalty record is insane um, of saving them. And his tactic is he always blows the Triple H water before he takes it. That oh, that is, you can't do that. How's that allowed? Well, take it out of him. So he's he's been playing the game for long. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> he's been oh playing the game God, for a while. <laughs> he's also an Arsenal supporter. And Arsenal came out to Triple H's thing the other day. They did. I thought that was dead weird. I, whose idea was that? None of them um, even reacted well, then either. I, was, I think I was watching the footy last night and Cardiff tried to copy it uh, against Fulham in the championship playoff last night I watched. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of when teams try to steal it. I mean, at least do like a different, at least do my time or something from the best ever theme tune. Oh, that is really the best got, one. They'd really got my estimations. Um, but they should yeah, use that, lights out for everyone's favourite wrestler, Lance Rivera. <laughs> Well, yeah, that is true. Uh, the bottom line, though, if I could, if you, I think if you could go back and relive or even do an entrance live, I would love to do that punk entrance. And punk just selling it well. Even punk just looked proper starlight. He was just looked like such a boss, didn't he, when he came out with this one? Because I'm always, I actually, I'm one in the minority who actually prefers this fire burns to cult of personality. Um, I think for this, it really helped. Just that pop, the shirt, seeing that shirt for the first time as well. I think. 
that one, the amount of people that bought that shirt, I think, is insane. I think that must have been one of the most biggest sold shirts because it was such a good bit of merch by WWE. Um, but everything about it, then him in the ring, just eating in the atmosphere, just class, wasn't it? I don't know how he stayed so calm and collected over over the whole time he's walking down to the ring. Because I, I tell you what, it, it's enough when um, me and Jack, my tag partner, Jack Sinclair, came out at uh, BWP, which is a promotion in Wales. We came out and there was um, fans from another promotion called Wrestle Island. They'd come to watch. And oh, because cool. I, I work for both of them, um, because they, they, I don't know what possessed them to decide it on the night, but they decided that I was one of them. And um, when I came out, they all started cheering for me. And then the BWE, BWP fans were booing for me. Oh. So it was it was surreal enough for me then. And I was like talking to Jack in the ring, like, how mad's this? <laughs> I like that. So, so imagine words. coming out to that. I don't, I don't know what to do. I just ended up standing on the entranceway going, what? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> That's class, that is. But no, it, it was surreal. But then I think surreal got even better when John Cena came out with the massive booze. Now, apparently this is um, this has been flown around. This has come from people inside the arena, but also inside sources. Apparently the booze were so loud, they did actually have to turn up Cena's actual music so loud. Apparently, because the booze were just too loud, like they, I think whether Vince was in the production truck or whatever, or Vince out and turned that bloody music up. Apparently, <laughs> the booze were just so loud. Apparently, it was, apparently, um, I've seen this on so many forums and what have you, but yeah, apparently the booze were just so loud that they did end up turning it up, um, seeing his music. But Michael Cole, we'll know we've slated him on the show, but a lovely bit of commentary from saying oh, that great. there is no salute tonight because Cena is in enemy territory fantastic bit of commentary and to be fair with that as well for those who are a bit watching at home so confused don't forget because again we're saying like, obviously we know what's going on but there are some fans that won't be knowing what's going on that's not disrespecting the fans it's not just disrespecting whoever but there will be people like going well why on earth the biggest hill in the company getting cheered like an absolute hero at least cole again making the point of that he see it's seen her in like an away basically seen as in yeah, he's in. He's on a way day. Yeah, he's in. He's in. He's not in a place where he's wanted. Like I say, he's a hero elsewhere, but Chicago hates him. Um, and the signs are incredible. My favorite one. That's if Punk loses, we riot. Um, Chicago hates Cena. Made me laugh. Um, the, the signs. Are, yeah, I think it was. If yeah, if Punk wins. We if Punk loses, we riot. If um, yeah, if Cena wins, we riot. Or have you? Or then there was just loads um, going around. Yeah, Chicago hates Cena. Chicago made Punk. Um, just with this, uh, with Michael Cole as well. This match just shows how good he can be, and he has like with the um, the NXT UK tournament, the the first one, where he he can just be a commentator, and he he is absolutely quality. When he when he just gets to do the job, he is so good at it. Yeah, absolutely. It's when I think he's saddled with awful gimmicks. With Cole as well, in all fairness to him, he's very good when he's not scripted as well. Like he was very good during the um, first ever WWE NXT UK um, tournament. Yeah. Um, in Blackpool, he was very good at that. Um, with uh, Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. He was great. I, so I, I do feel, yeah, that he is. He is a good commentator. Obviously, still, he would still never be JR or, or Tony Schiavone. I've got a big fan of JR and Tony Schiavone. Um, and I'm, I personally think Randy Yellow is so much better than Cole as well. I think uh, them together would I'm be good, but we've never, we've never got the chance to see that. I'm massively biased towards Randy Yellow, and I, I just think he's absolutely... He's, I just love him. Oh, I um, love him as well. I think, I think him and Cole together would be a good pairing. Yeah, I think it would be for like I swear they did, didn't they? Like I think they had it all for all like in the Survivor Series this year when it was like all the commentary, all the commentators. Oh, maybe yeah, he did. Um, I remember that being involved. a well commentated show because I never yeah. like the commentators to be too in too involved. I just like them to commentate on it, and then your secondary guy to be the one who does take sides or 
likes to have a joke. I just need someone who's serious on commentary sometimes. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, it, like, it lets you take more weight to the situation as well. Yeah, no, defo. Com- completely agree. I completely agree with that as well. Um, with the um, with the with the match as well. Um, again, we mentioned it a lot on the show, but the back and forth were just class as well. Like, I mean, how many matches do you get when it's when they're actually like when they when you get the proper like boo when someone hits them and then punk hits him cheers and all that it was just this was and this wasn't just like for, they never lost interest in the match and then and a full credit to the Cena fans that were in there they, they managed to get going at some point as well but to say that I think this is a credit it went on for over half hour I believe the match full credit to punk and Cena and the ref for it so I think that's why punk was made his point on Twitter praising um, Punk could have just been a dickhead about it on Twitter going yeah it was class wasn't it but the fact that he praised Cena and um, the ref first of all and then the fans saying we, we made history he goes I'm so grateful for them for the rest of my life to Cena and, and the ref I think it was Scott Armstrong wasn't it the ref yeah. the sign. I think that says all about Punk as well as a man fantastic bloke um, but giving all think also as well it proves how well to sell a match how well the ref's role is important, especially when you have got the atmosphere that loud. The ref's communication, I mean, you probably know this more than most, obviously, been a, been a wrestler. The ref's communication does have to be excellent, I think. I mean, cause sometimes it can, but I guess be quite awkward in shows where it's quite quiet and you can hear, the ones can hear the ref kind of giving the advice. But I think with this, the other end of the string, when the atmosphere is so loud, the ref needs to be even more uh, cr- crucial in this communication. Yeah, you have to be, you have to be absolutely spot on with what you what you're saying, because the re- the referee will often give the workers a, a time cue, because yeah, obviously he's going to have Vince McMahon in his earpiece telling him, right, this needs to go X amount of time, or on on TV they'll tell them when they're in commercial breaks or anything like that, and you they need to be able to talk to them and tell them. Yeah, definitely. No, I can, can absolutely spot on. And they did that to a T. But the whole match going on back and forth, uh, obviously loads of near loads of near pinfalls, near uh, near spots. Then when Vince came out, um, yeah, I don't know, yeah, when Vince came out with John Laurinaitis, um, obviously then I think Cena had Punk in a submission. They were also going for that another famous obviously the Chicago uh, sorry the Montreal screw job another the Chicago screw job <laughs> Chicago that's what nearly happened yeah, well that's it but then this has really confused me so John Lewis has ran seen a count the ring punched him I still every time I watch this I wind it back to hear exactly what comes out of Cena's mouth does he shout the man's going to win this fight or is I he think going, he says um, let the best man win this fight some something like this, not it's just not that way. I always remember that where he's like, "I'm not doing it that way." Yeah, because that's what he because he floors Johnny, um, and then yeah, then I think it was Cole the off. best man will win this yeah, fight or something. It, was, it might have been the best man. Yeah, and obviously that's when Cole goes, "No, he's just told the boss we're not doing it this way." Yeah, my way, and then goes back in. The go to sleep, wins the match. I remember screaming so loud in excitement that I did wake up pretty much everyone in my house <laughs> at 4 a.m. Well, 3 a.m. But I was absolutely... And this is another match. I know at the, at the time, I did, wasn't really glued to my phone as much as I am now when I'm watching a show. But with this, I could not take my eyes off this for a second. It was the most sold I've ever been on a match. Every time I go into it, every time I bring it up in modern day wrestling, this is my favourite match in um, of the decade. 2010s, 2020, absolutely loved it, um, loved everything about it. So I'm not going to talk about what obviously follows from the shows going forward, but for the match itself, I just loved every second of it. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, it is, it is an amazing match. And it was the first five-star match awarded to WWE in God knows how long, and it thoroughly deserves it. Definitely. From from listening Definitely. to CM Punk as well, he, he says that um, they, they didn't, plan anything before they went out they just spoke to each other in the ring and were able to work out where they wanted to go and how they wanted to do the match which is very difficult when you've got about 17 different cameras that have all got a focus on you at one time 
not to mention the best atmosphere the company's had in God knows how long as well. Um, the passion. I said my top three crowds were Chicago, Money in the Bank, the, the ECW crowd from the one that Stan when he wrestled RVD, and then also the Raw after Mania when Brian Chance were born and the S Chance were born, so WrestleMania 28 crowd, uh, the, the Raw after Mania, I should say. I think they're my three favourite from recent memories. They're my three favourite that stand out to me, but I think the crowd deserved But then when you think it's over, Vincent Mann comes out, loved him, just grab again, adding a bit of like, oh, is this still real? Like when he grabs. You don't see him do that when he grabs the Lawler's headset to obviously speak to someone in the back going, we need to get Alberta out in. Um, again, added a bit of realisticness, but also a bit of storyline telling. Obviously, it did make me the... uh, It did make me laugh when he, he couldn't think of his name. And he's like, get him out of get, get me that, get me that, um, get me that Del Rio guy. Yeah, he is, give me that, um, give me that. He goes, right, and then he thinks, he's like, yeah, get Alberta out now. Yeah. Uh, I did like that. But again, it's realistic. Like, he's almost thinking on the spot, crap, what do I do? And I did, it's not, it, it would have been a bit more crap if he did it the old fashioned way, grabbing a microphone. Uh, but I like the fact that he made it more realistic by grabbing, as I say, a headset from Laura, um, which I just think massively made the moment better. Del Rio comes out, uh, Punk kicks him in the head, and then escapes, blows Vincent Man that kiss goodbye, and it escapes through the audience. Um, just goosebumps really walking through the atmosphere and the videos of him actually leaving the arena with the belt as well is just class it just um, makes me think where was his stuff when he left did he know, did he well obviously he knew he was he was winning he must have just put everything in his car before he left yeah definitely though but hijacking the championship was fantastic but obviously a belt he won Again, I don't want to go into what could have been. I mean, this could be a separate podcast altogether of missed opportunity. But um, the, the Matt, I want to remember it for the night is was what's the night? What I don't know what you mean. Everything was great after that. <laughs> it didn't end no. with Triple H, Kevin Nash for a ladder on a sledgehammer on a ladder match. Sledgehammer um, on a ladder. Match. I, I dreamt that. Yeah, I dreamt that. No, basically, what happened after this? CM Punk went away from uh, WWE for a year. Yeah, he he wasn't seen in the WWE for a year, and he was uh, seen in other promotions like Ring of Honor and New Japan, uh, even TNA for for a little bit. And um, the title, yeah, defended yeah. on their shows, yeah, absolutely. And WWE released a press release and everything to discredit him and say he's nothing to do with them, and they want their belt back. And uh, he was holding it hostage, and they got a new WWE title on Raw, and then CM Punk came back in 2012, where just as The Rock became. WWE champion, and yeah. Um, yeah, they had a unification match. Just that just makes me <laughs> upset. It really does. That's they what could happens. have done. That, the thing is, you thought that on your head, and it already sounds amazing. Like, and to be fair, I, I, it started well. I did, I did like the whole Triple H coming in, Vince again shaking the power. I didn't mind that, to be honest. Um, I didn't mind when Kevin Ash initially burst on the scene. I didn't mind it. They just really, I didn't mind it when Miz and Art of Truth were getting involved. I just don't understand how they, how it just, I think the biggest mistake of all was, yeah, Punk coming back two weeks after. That's when it all went wrong. I remember. They had chances to get out of the mess and they just didn't get out of the mess that they put themselves in. Um, And it ultimately led to Triple H versus Kevin Nash in a ladder match. I mean, that's just where. You look at it and just go, how on earth could they get it so wrong um, from such an amazing pay-per-view, such an amazing storyline, so much, so much. Oh, it's getting me upset. <laughs> uh, even but... even watching it when I was 12 years old, watching Raw and then seeing a battering poor little Rey Mysterio about half an hour after he wins his first yeah. WWE title, I was like, and I, I quite liked John Cena at the time. I was still in that young kid phase of liking John Cena. Yeah. Even I thought, what a dick move. <laughs> what a dick move. He's like, I've got a rematch, Ray. Uh, so not going to wait till next week or wait till the pay-per-view. Um, I know you've just won it now. Uh, main event, yeah, mate. i uh, going to slap you about for a bit. What a good friend. Because he even says in the promo, he goes, oh, we've been friends for a long time, Ray. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, good one, mate. Cheers. I've had yeah. all of five minutes to prepare for you. A man who weighs a hundred pounds more than me and I'm the size of his leg. Nice one, John. 
I'd have been fuming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, you're, you're not wrong. I do. I, again, so many missed opportunities following this, but overall, when Punk left, just the buzz of it all. Um, it was so and, exciting. Exactly. Well, that's what he I did turn up on him. ROH. He did turn up at some yeah. house show or an indie event once. He did. And then, yeah. We'll end it at that though. We'll end it on a positive note of, of a fantastic show. Really enjoyed um, reminiscing about that. Wanted to do it for ages. But no, I think hopefully going forward as well, um, if there's any other classic podcast, any other classic podcast, any other classic pay per views that you want us to review, leave us messages on um, obviously on our channels. Um, and we'll certainly on Twitter. We'll certainly um, we'll certainly take them into consideration. If we don't like them, we won't. But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I think certainly um, classic pay-per-views could certainly be approached as well. Certainly modern day ones as well. That you may have, maybe even hidden gem pay-per-views that you've forgotten because I've got a few hidden gem pay-per-views that I have well during the furlough period that I've managed to watch. I certainly thought, did you want to um, promote, um, uh, yeah, do the promoting there, Lance, for your T-shirts and also for, for, for the BBG interview? Me and Chris, who is absent tonight, had an interview with uh, someone I know very well from my time in different promotions, Tommy Jackson, and that is going to be out on Friday. As well as that, I have uh, I have some T-shirts I need to show to you all, for you who's listening. Yes, you, listening right now. Uh, you should go and buy my T-shirt at lanchevera12.bigcartel.com. You'll absolutely love it. They're the best T-shirts out there, the best wrestling T-shirts in the world. Sat in my wrestling bag, and you should come and buy them now. Happy days. Well, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you soon. See you soon. Good night. Good night.